Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, it's all about Anthony Edwards and Team USA beating Montenegro and going off in the second half, leading Team USA and scoring once again. We'll talk about Ant's game specifically, what was good, what was bad. We'll also talk, I guess we'll do a little studs and duds today. We'll talk about what went well, what did it for Team USA, and uh, what that means moving forward as the competition only gets tougher. This wasn't an easy win by any means. So we'll break it all down on the show here today. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. And uh, happy, uh, I guess, 4-0 now in actual play. 1-0 in the second round for Team USA. We're going to break down the FIBA World Cup victory here on the show today. A big thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find this show. You can also watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Um, this show and all the other Minnesota Lockdown podcasts, more great local sports coverage 24-7. And it's free. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter or X at B Beacon and also at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right. So Team USA was 3-0 in uh, pool play or, or group play, I guess, the first round. They go into round two. Greece remains in their group as they were in their first round group. Of course, USA beat Greece easily. Greece sands Giannis Antetokounmpo um, earlier this week. And then the other two teams in the group are Montenegro and Lithuania. And both of those teams are better than, I would say, better than the competition that they'd faced already to this point in the tournament, especially Greece without Giannis, right? Um, Montenegro had won two games fairly easily and then had gotten beat pretty easily by Lithuania. So now they face both Montenegro and Lithuania. Today, Friday morning, early, like 3 a.m. or 3.30 a.m. Central Time, Team USA defeated Montenegro by 12 points. This was a much closer game than it looks. Team USA was only up by a point after the first quarter. They were up by three at halftime, and uh, they did maintain a 10-point lead going to the fourth quarter. But Montenegro pushed back very quickly, and this was a like a two-possession game for a good chunk of the fourth. It was a bit dicey, kind of in that like five- to eight-minute range left in the game. Um, in the fourth quarter. And I want to start with Ant's performance because this is, after all, Tim Rule's podcast. But I do want to talk about the game almost as a Wolves game and do some studs and duds, talk about the overall attack and approach from Team USA. Uh, We'll start with Ant real quickly, though. As I record this podcast, we did this last week, I'm going to give some updates, even though this isn't exactly a live show. But Cat and the Dominican Republic are playing as I record this. They're at halftime against Puerto Rico, tied at 45. Um, And I mean... The fact that the Dominican Republic is three zero is 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 awesome and a little bit surprising, but uh, a fun story to watch. Cat in typical cat fashion, I mean, has been high usage, effective. Um, in the first half, he has ten points on eight shots, the most shots of anybody in the team. He's only got one foul. Of course, cat foul trouble watch is important. Uh, ten points, four rebounds for cat. So leading his team in scoring or tied for the lead in scoring 
along with Lester Quinones, who of course is on the Golden State Warriors as well. Um, so tie game, Dominican, Puerto Rico at halftime. And, uh, you know, this is a game that I believe, I, I believe the Port- that Puerto Rico is ranked a little bit more highly on the world um, rankings than the Dominican, but they don't have anybody of Cat's caliber on that roster. So that'll be fun to keep an eye on as the Dominican Republic looks to continue a little bit of a Cinderella uh, story in FIBA thus far. All right, so USA Montenegro. This thing got started off really slow and Ant was hardly involved early. It was a lot of Jalen Brunson. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but it was high usage Jalen Brunson early in the game, was active, was on the ball, Ant didn't really get a whole lot of attempts up and wasn't really... Like they called a couple of sets to try and get him looks, but he was pretty deferential early in this game. And, and I don't really know why exactly. Um, but Team USA, this, and this was a theme throughout the game, really struggled with the size of Montenegro. And we've talked before, clearly the strategy is to play relatively small, right? The primary bigs on this team are uh, Jared Jackson Jr., obviously, but then Bobby Portis and Paolo Bancaro. You're not exactly like Walker Kessler hasn't been part of the regular rotation until this game. And we'll talk about that too. Um, but Montenegro, like, that's a big team, right? And obviously, Nikola Vucevic is on that roster. You got a couple other guys with some um, with some NBA experience. Uh, Dublovic, Boyan Dublovic is on that team. Um, but plenty of plenty of size, plenty of guys that are going are very comfortable playing rugged and being in the paint. In fact, Montenegro ends up a plus eighteen on the glass of this game, forty nine to thirty one, and that actually feels like it felt like that margin could have been bigger. Team USA struggled that much on the glass. And ultimately, I actually thought they defended really well. I mean, Montenegro is a crisp passing team. They're a, a well-oiled machine. A lot of those guys have played together for a long time on the national team. They had 22 team turnovers. Montenegro did. And the U.S., by the way, only had 12. And that's essentially why USA won this game. Because you're a minus 18 of the rebound column. You better be plus big somewhere else. And they were plus uh, plus 10 in the turnover column, which is really, really impressive. Um and Anthony Edwards, by the way, a huge reason for that. That was the most impressive thing for me in this game for Ant. It wasn't the 17 second half points. All 17 of his points coming in the second half. It was the on-ball defense. He had two steals that both came from simply ball pressure, just taking the ball from the opposing player um, and going back the other way. Like that That was that was Anthony Edwards' uh, dominant point, point of like true dominance in this game was his defensive, his on-ball pressure. And we know that he's a better athlete than everyone else on that floor. He's bigger than the majority of the, of the backcourt players for Montenegro. And it was one of the few positions where the, where team USA actually had a size advantage. And early in the game, um, team USA just couldn't get anything going. And, and yes, they managed a three point halftime lead. It was a lot of Jalen Brunson. Um, it was a little bit of Austin Reeves off the bench. It was a little bit of Tyrese Halliburton and Mikel Bridges, uh, Halliburton off the bench. Uh, but it was scoreless at halftime. And Team USA was only up by three. Third quarter, Ant comes to life, immediately hits a mid-range jumper on the first possession. Ball fakes out of three, dribbles to about the free throw line and knocks down a mid-range jumper, I guess, just beyond the, the line. Um, and then from that point on, it was it was the Ant show. And and frankly, he was a bit too trigger happy in this game. It's funny. I've, I've said, if you've been listening to this show, I've said this on this show. I said it on Lockdown NBA earlier this week. The most impressive thing about Ant thus far in FIBA exhibition season, first round and now in this, well, less this game is his command of what to do with the ball, where to pass it and when, making the right reads, being unselfish. Not that he's ever been a selfish player, because I don't. I wouldn't say he has been, but he's avoided the tunnel vision that plagued him his first two years in the league. And I thought it was something he improved quite a bit on last season with the Wolves. 
that came back a bit in this game. And I know that on some level, Team USA needs that because they don't have a Kobe. They don't have a Kevin Durant. They don't have, um, you know, these uh, LeBron, these guys, a Melo, these guys who are just isolation scores. It's pretty much Ant, right? And Brandon Ingram has been a non-factor, essentially. There's really nobody else besides maybe Jalen Brunson that's going to do that in isolation. Um, and so on some level, Team USA needs it. And obviously they won this game. But it got a little bit dicey in the second half because Ant, I only, like, he probably only passed, I don't know this for sure, but I think he only passed the ball like three or four times that weren't, you know, in the backcourt. Like, like in the half-court offense, I think Ant only deferred two or three times in the second half. When the ball was in his hands, and and, and um, Montenegro knew this. They started to load up on him. He had a couple of bad turnovers when Montenegro was in a zone and then all of a sudden just sent the second guy out at Ant. Uh, they would double him on the catch a couple of times, which is not something Montenegro, I don't think, does very often, right? Like, they're they're not going to be overly aggressive defensively. But they they were trying to force the U.S. to do something different rather than just let Ant go at it. And it worked on a couple of different possessions. Um, the the tunnel vision thing, it, it happened a little bit for Ant in this game. So I want to talk a little bit more about that, his decision-making, generally what he did, and then also we'll do Team USA studs and duds. So we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. NFL games start less than a week from now. Next Thursday is the first regular season game. And right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Of course, that's Sunday afternoon games, and that starts a week from this Sunday. So nine days from now is when you'll need that Sunday ticket. $100 off is an incredible deal. Again, bet $5, you'll get 200 bonus bets. And if you bet $5, you get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. You'll kick off the season with an offer you won't want to miss. There's all kinds of stuff over at FanDuel. But, of course, NFL is the thing right now. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. A big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, we'll be back on Monday. We're still three days a week next week. We'll talk about what happens to the team to, to Team USA over the weekend. I believe they play again on Sunday. Um, so we'll talk about that on Monday's show. I've also been wanting to, I thought maybe we'd do it today, but because uh, I was able to watch the USA game before recording, we'll talk some of those win-loss predictions that are out there next week um, in between when there's a lull between Team USA games. We'll definitely cover all that because I think it's a pretty interesting time of year with this uh, prognosticating, if you will. I mean, we're only like five weeks out from preseason games, so it's prediction season is upon us, um, and so I'm excited to to get to that here on the show. All right. Uh, so, other thoughts on TBSA Montenegro. We talked a little bit about Ant's decision making, and, and I want to be clear: like he played well, he scored 17 points. Nobody else on TBSA had more than 12. He also attempted 16 shots. Nobody else attempted more than eight. So he attempted twice as many shots as the second. Uh, as the second, I don't know, second use, second highest usage guy on Team USA. Um, so if that doesn't illustrate the point that I was trying to make, I don't know what does. But when the ball was in Ant's hands, he was attacking. And Steve Kerr, apparently that's what he wanted. And it was effective in general. It's not like Ant was super inefficient. He was 7 of 16. Like, you can live with that. He was only 1 of 5 on three-point shots. He didn't make one until after he had a second half rest. It was like early fourth quarter. Um, only got to the line once, knocked down both his free throws because he wasn't super aggressive going to the basket. He only, he attempted 11 two-point shots. And my recollection is 
other than he made a bucket after he got a steal late in the game, and that one, like, he got the steal right under his, under the Team USA basket. It was a huge play, right, as Montenegro was trying to kind of actually come back. He basically sealed it by stealing the ball from Vucevic and getting a bucket. Um, I think he had one other drive. I'm trying to think. I think he had maybe three, maybe four of his 11 two-point shots were actually in the paint. Most of them were mid-range attempts, or or I should say around the free-throw line. So we'll call it within five feet of the hoop. Um he was mostly shooting mid-range jumpers and threes in this game. Like, I I don't, again, I talked about this the other day. As a Timberwolves fan and follower, I do not want him to get hammered at the basket a ton in international competition. But as a Timberwolves fan and follower, I want to see him being aggressive going to the basket and not pulling up for all kinds of mid-range jumpers. Now, if he starts shooting mid-range jumpers like Kevin Durant in terms of efficiency, we can talk about that, right? Because obviously he can still shoot threes. Um, he can still shoot. He can still make it to the basket. Like he should, in theory, he's a three level scorer, right? It's just don't fall in love with those mid range jumpers all that much. And we saw that a little bit in this game. So 17 points on 16 shots is not exactly ultra efficient. It's not horrible. It's fine. And Team USA got the win. I worry a little bit about his decision making and what it showed in the game like this. Now, to be fair, nobody else at Team USA was doing much with the ball in their hands. I mean, Halliburton was good. Uh, Jaron Jackson was good when he was on the floor, uh, but he wasn't, I mean, Jaron Jackson played 20 minutes. He had zero rebounds. That's the starting center for Team USA against a team with a really big front line. Um, That's an issue. I mean, when your starting center gets zero rebounds, Brandon Ingram was the leading rebounder on Team USA with five and 15 minutes. Ant contributed a little bit there. He had three rebounds in 27 minutes, uh, and there were a couple tough contested ones he got, but that was the biggest problem for Team USA in this game. Um, a couple more quick ant thoughts before I move on to overall game thoughts for Team USA. He did have four turnovers to just one assist. I mentioned a couple of those as, as Montenegro was essentially trapping him on the perimeter late in the game, trying to force the ball out of his hands. And Ant made a couple of bad decisions. Uh, he didn't give the ball up quickly enough. He didn't make a decision fast enough. Um, he didn't have any of the sloppy like live ball, just kind of dribble it to the other team turnovers like we saw early in, what was it, the Greece game the other day. Um these were, I think, all passes. I think they were just bad passes, pressure by uh, Montenegro, um, and just bad decision-making in that regard versus just being sloppy with the ball. Like, it seemed crisp in this game, at least from the way he was playing and, and seemingly ready to play, which is encouraging. It was just another one. of the, It was a little bit high usage. It was a little bit tunnel vision. Uh, that, was, that was my issue with his performance. But the steals, the ball pressure was great. I thought defensively he was very good. Again, locked in. And he obviously scored the basketball and Team USA needed it. So a decent ant performance. This is, uh, you know, if you woke up and saw the notification from, I don't know, NBA or the NBA app or whatever that said, like, ant scores 17 second half points to lead USA to the win, you would have thought that he just, like, completely dominated. And I wouldn't say that that happened. He just shot the ball more than anybody else, and he's really talented. So eventually that talent went out over Montenegro. Is that going to work against, you know, the Spains and the Australias and some of these other teams that um, are going to play as a team like Montenegro, but may have more high level talent, right? So, and Canada, you know, teams like that. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Team USA as a whole uh, struggle with the size of Montenegro. I alluded to that already. Obviously, Nikola Vucevic was the best player on the floor, not named Anthony Edwards. He had 18 points and 19 shots, had 16 rebounds, uh, Dino Radonicic, uh, Radonicic had 10 rebounds himself as well. So together, Vucevic and Radonicic had 26 rebounds. Team USA as a whole had 31. 
and Montenegro also at Dublovich had uh, eight rebounds. So like three guys together had far more rebounds than Team USA as a whole. Um, so not great. Again, Jerry Jackson Jr., zero rebounds in 20 minutes. Uh, they had to go to Walker Kessler for five minutes of the second quarter to kind of stem the tide. And he played well, did not play at all in the second half, but he played well, uh, missed a couple of free throws and missed a bunny at the rim. But in general, like everything Kessler did last year for Utah in the NBA, we saw the feel, we saw the um, understanding where the soft spot was on the roll, where to be, where to get the catch and to go up and score the touch around the rim. You know, again, he missed a couple of easy ones in this game, but in general, Walker Kessler was as advertised and was kind of a nice shot in the arm to be able to say, okay, we also have a seven footer. We have somebody who can combat your size. Now, of course, Montenegro doesn't have a bunch of seven footers. They just have a bunch of guys that are tall and they're wide and they're strong. And um, Team USA just did not look up for that challenge necessarily in this game. And again, eventually the superior talent went out. Paulo Bancaro had some good moments. I was surprised we didn't see more of him in the second half. He had some nice plays early, finished with eight points and four rebounds. Um, but Again, a lot of Jalen Brunson early, a lot of Anthony Edwards late, a little bit of Tyrese Halliburton, Jaron Jackson in the middle. They had a, a team USA led with a Jaron Jackson post up a couple different times coming out of timeouts, um, coming out of quarter breaks, actually. Austin Reeves, um, he had 12 points. He only made one field goal. He got to the line 11 times in this game. Uh, and I thought played much better. He was a little sloppy with the ball still, a little bit... Um, I was going to say trigger happy, but he only had the, the two shot attempts. They were both threes, right? Like... Quick, uh, quick release. Like right after he got in the game, Austin Reeves jacked up a three, missed it. Then he sh he made one late to help the USA put them away. But everything else was around the rim. He was active, a couple offensive rebounds. So, um, you know, I, I thought that what he, the punch he provided off the bench was really important for Team USA. And also, I should note, Brandon Inger was moved to the bench for this game. So Josh Hart started uh, Brandon Ingram on the bench. They had similar lines in this game, but I actually like Ingram in that role. And I want to talk a little bit more about him. Uh, well, actually, let's just do that now. Brandon Ingram had just two points, but he also was led the team in rebounds with five, led the team in assists, or sorry, second on the team in assists with three, and uh, was just kind of active off the bench. It was interesting. I, I really kind of liked Ingram coming off the bench, Hart in the in the starting lineup. Now, Josh Hart was quiet, um, didn't really do a whole lot himself, but... I, the fit seems to 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 make a lot of sense to have some of that length and size coming off the bench in Ingram and in theory some scoring punch although we have not seen it yet in FIBA World Cup play but I, I like that adjustment by Steve Kerr. Let's do individual studs and duds next. Let's peek ahead at who Team USA has on their schedule next, um, and that's how we'll close out the show here today. All right, so uh, Team USA studs and duds. Let's do it. We I gotta you know we gotta get back in the swing of studs and duds. Preseason is coming up soon. Um, let's go ahead and do that. So Ant has to get a stud. I know I talked about, I'm nitpicking, right? He was, a. we talked already about the issues, but he has to get a stud for this game. 17 points, um, uh, three rebounds, one assist, two steals. Yes, he had the four turnovers, but I mean, like he is essentially the reason Team USA won this game. So he's got to get a stud for this game. Jaron Jackson, I know that he didn't have any rebounds, but what he was able to provide you know, those post-up scoring opportunities, it kind of opened some other stuff up earlier for Brunson and Edwards. Um, I'd have to give him a stud too, I guess. I, you know, the zero rebounds is tough, but efficient four of five, four free throw attempts made three of them. I thought he played well other than the rebounding, uh, I guess, shortcomings. And then Tyrese Halberton off the bench, 10 points, four of eight shooting, knocked down a couple of threes, six assists and no turnovers, plus two steals and two rebounds. Therese Halbert was actually probably the second best player on the floor for Team USA after Ant. Um, and I, I thought he played really, really well. And he's maybe the key. 
you know, like obviously Ant's got to play well. They need something from their bigs. Like Brunson's got to be more consistent. But Tyrese Halberton is kind of a swing player because if he gets involved and he has the ball in his hands a lot off the bench, I think that's a really good thing. Like Ant and Reeves and Brunson, they're going to get theirs. But Tyrese Halberton is a little bit more dependent on the flow of the offense, which has been pretty stagnant. They showed a stat during the broadcast today about average passes per game. And Team USA is like a couple dozen teams down the list. They just don't move the ball a whole lot. Um, they want to run and get on transition and score quickly. And if they don't, their secondary break is basically Brunson, Ant, Reeves. These guys go in isolation and trying to get a bucket, um, which is fine. It works when you have that much more talent than everybody else. It's also, by the way, striking because it's a little different than how Steve Kerr would like to play with Golden State. Um, but it, like, that's that's one of the biggest differences here between Team USA and the other teams. And they can afford, again, to go in isolation because, in general, the top-line talent is better than the talent you know, in the depth on some of these other teams. So my three studs are Ant, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyrese Halliburton. I mentioned Reeves, 12 points, nine made free throws in this game for Austin Reeves. We talked about Kessler's solid minutes. Um, talked about how quiet Portis was. I guess if I'm going to go duds, I'd have to go Bobby Portis. Uh Three points, four rebounds in 10 minutes. He had a stretch where suddenly he was just like shooting the ball constantly and he was one of six from the field, one of two at the line. Kind of a rough stretch for Portis. We didn't see as much of him the rest of the game after that. Um, he's kind of the quintessential role player though, right? He just didn't quite play the role in the right way in that moment. Um, Ingram, I thought was fine. If I'm only going to go one dud, it's Portis. Uh, Big Caro had great moments. Would have liked to see him a little bit more in the second half of this game. Um, but again, not the best matchup. I just thought maybe his... His strength, his size, not as much his height, but just his size in general. And I guess also height compared to some of the guys, the rest of the guys in the U.S. roster, um, you know, maybe could have helped to help the U.S. a little bit on the glass down the stretch because he did have those four boards in just 14 minutes. So I would have liked to see a little more Bancaro, but in general, he played well. Um, so good to see them get the win. Good to see them win by 12. Again, it wasn't really it was actually closer than that, right? Like this should have been probably a two possession win realistically. Um, right now, uh, real quickly, late third quarter, the Dominican Republic is up seven on Puerto Rico with a couple of minutes left in the third. And uh, Kat has, he's all the way up to 21 points, which means he scored 11 points in the third quarter so far. He's at 21 and seven, three of six from outside the arc. So no doubt once you're listening to this, you've heard that Cat had a monster game for the Dominican Republic. Uh, so that is that is great to see. Schedule-wise for Team USA, they play next on Sunday. And Team USA, let's see, they play Lithuania, which will be their toughest, ta- toughest test to date. And that's a 7.40 a.m. Central on Sunday against Lithuania. So not one of these 3 a.m. games, which is great. Um, I'm going to look up real quick and see what Lithuania is ranked, but I think it's somewhere around 10. Um, and that's not going to be that's not going to be a super easy game for Team USA, right? Lithuania beat Montenegro by 20 and Team USA struggled against Montenegro at times. Lithuania is currently eighth in the world um, and Montenegro was ranked 18th. Team USA already beat Greece. Greece is ranked ninth, but of course, Greece doesn't have Giannis playing in this tournament. So this is going to be the the stiffest test so far. And again, Lithuania team that guys that have played together a while, they're going to be good at passing the ball and they're going to have some size. Um, they're currently playing. I think they're playing right now, actually. Let me look and see if that's true on Friday in, in their first game of the second round. Uh, yeah, they're playing Greece right now. So that's obviously a game Lithuania should win. At the moment, actually, no, it's about to tip off. It hasn't started quite yet. But Greece-Lithuania is about to tip off 
And oh no, it did start. Greece is actually winning 40 to 34. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But Lithuania should beat Greece, sans Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Lithuania should be the Team USA's Team USA's tough toughest test to date on Sunday morning. So on Monday's show, we'll talk Team USA, Lithuania playing Sunday morning. That'll be Monday's show. Um, and then we get into the rest of of the tournament. After that, we'll, we'll kind of preview what's upcoming. And again, next week, we'll also get into the, uh, the win loss predictions. Some of those things at ESPN and Bleacher Report and talk about my thoughts on their thoughts on the Timberwolves and how the rest of this off season will shake out. So plenty to get to here as hopefully Ant, uh, makes some noise for the rest of the tournament. Not a whole lot of other NBA news here stateside right now. This is of course a quieter uh, time in the off season schedule. Uh, the Timberwolves, by the way, still have that roster, one roster spot available, um, and a two way spot. So, who knows? At some point, there will be something to talk about there as the Wolves get ready for training camp. So we'll talk about that, of course, uh, if and when that news comes down here on the show. All right. That's all we got for you today. A big thank you for watching. A big thank you for listening. And of course, uh, a huge thank you if you do make this show your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, I didn't have my graphics today. I uh, had some technical difficulties with those. Uh, but you can also follow or you can listen wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Uh, more great local sports coverage 24-7 for free. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter or X at Beacon. Again, that's two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N, and also at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. Of course, we'll be back on Monday. We'll talk Team USA's game from Sunday morning against Lithuania, so be sure to tune in there, or then, I should say. Um, again, thanks for listening. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.